Welcome back, everybody. I'm having a fun pre-chat with Gigi Gustin, who is not related to one of my favorite actors, uh, Mr. Flash himself, Grant Gustin. Uh, by the way, Gigi, why not? But we'll, we'll cover that in a second. So uh, uh, please welcome to the program a, uh, a star, uh, somebody who won a reality show, which is really, really cool, but she's a model, she's an actress, Gigi Gustin. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello. So uh, again, the first thought, right? I, I did not watch American Grit. I apologize for that. It wasn't a, a show that I was aware of until recently. So I did, okay. not, I did not know much about you until uh, PD Beats, hi Pete, uh, you know, recommended that I talk to you and a nice interview that you had with him, which was a part of my kind of uh, background uh, process. So I wasn't familiar. So as soon as I saw your name, the first thought that came into mind is Grand Gustin. Um, you know, who I've watched as, as Flash uh, for, what, seven, eight seasons now? I'm, I'm wrong, probably. Please put it in the comments uh, when you know for sure. So, um, uh, and I started looking it up, and then it's specifically in one of the places on, um, on the internet, it said, no, there's no relation. So how often, yeah. do you, how often do you hear that question? You know what? It's unfortunate. I feel like I let a lot of people down because a lot of people ask, are you by chance related to Grant Gustin or my, um, the woman who does my eyelashes and she's my esthetician too. She does all my facials mm -hmm. and she knew that I did some acting. So eventually she texted me and said, are you related to the flash? My son would be so excited. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not. And it became such a thing. I think it's actually, yeah, like a fun fact on my IMDb. It's like, by the way, not related to Grant Gustin. <laughs> like, no. sorry. <laughs> no. no, that's that's totally fine. Uh, but that was the first thought. So I'm sure I was not the only one who does it. Um, yeah. So what I find uh, interesting, again, doing kind of a background on you, I saw that you won the second season of American Grit, which is a awesome show with, uh, with John Cena. Now, there you go. All right, well, now let's do the official double bicep pose, so go for it. There you go. Listen. That uh, happened. <laughs> and, and I think you held on for like, you know, hours and hours and hours to, uh, to win in the final. So uh, I'm very impressed by that. So just, just to get that out, uh, I, I read somewhere that you said that you didn't feel your left arm for like two weeks after that. That's, that's something that would worry me. Yeah, it was, well... Of course, like they pack like so much time into one little episode. Yeah. So of course, like you see like 15 minutes of the finale, but we were up there, me and my, um, the last competitor, Michael, who was actually from my own team. Um, we were up there for about three and a half hours. And what was happening was we were hanging on with two hands and there's an A and a B on each side. And John Cena would ask us questions. And if we wanted to pick B or A, we would have to drop our arm. And um, if you pick, say I pick B on my left arm, yeah. and I'm holding on with one arm. And then if I'm right, I get to grab back on. But if I'm wrong, then you get a time penalty. And you're on one arm for a minute, and then it goes mm -hmm. up to three minutes. And so I kept getting time penalties on my left arm. And so after three and a half hours of that, they lowered me into the water to like, cause that's how the competition was. We were 50 feet above the water. They lowered me in so I could swim to shore to like get mm. congratulated by John Cena and shake hands and all that. And I couldn't, I couldn't move. They had to call the lifeguard to come and get me cause I couldn't swim cause I didn't have full feeling of this arm and took two and a half weeks for it to get back to normal. My, my goodness. That's, I mean, you, you, <laughs> yeah. And are you a lefty or you're a righty? What's uh, what's your natural? Well, I'm a 
anxiety. That's why it was just bad luck. Because if I wanted to pick answer A, I'm like, okay, well, at least if I get it wrong and I yeah. get a penalty, I'm on my strong arm. But I always got the questions wrong on my left arm. <laughs> just bad luck. <laughs> well, good luck is the fact that you persevered. I don't think, again, kind of now going back and reading through the show and uh, how you were introduced, I don't think a lot of people uh, thought that you would win and you'd beat out everybody. Uh, it's a fantastic job. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You know, John Cena said night one of the competition, mm -hmm. all the competitors, we got to Camp Grit and he summons us to a fire. So we're all sitting around the fire and yeah. he goes, I see you guys all sizing each other up. The person that's going to win this competition is not going to be the biggest or the strongest. It's going to be the person that perseveres. And I'm just sitting there in my little pink dress like, <laughs> I have a chance, I have a chance, but not really thinking I'm going to win, just kind of there for the ride. But I think it's hysterical now, <laughs> looking back, that I'm the one. I was the chosen one. <laughs> well, it's not hysterical. It's hard work, and you did it. So you should be really Aww. proud of yourself. Um, Thank you. Now, a few more things on the show, because it kind of, you know, it set up your, uh, some parts of your acting career, or the second part of it. Uh, I know you acted as a child. So yeah. I want to kind of talk about all of that because there are many things that I found in my research that I found fascinating. And as actors and people who are outside of the industry are watching this, these are very relevant uh, experiences that I wanted to highlight. So how did you get onto the show? What was the process like? Well, what's funny is, yes, I've actually, I was born into acting, mm -hmm. kind of fell out of it because of personal and like family issues, just kind of fell out of it and decided to get back into it on my own. Mm -hmm. And one way that actors kind of break back into the industry at the beginning is they get onto just casting sites. And so sent out, since I was in New Jersey, you yeah. get on New York casting and you can sign up and pay like a monthly fee for them to send you a bunch of castings for shows and um, projects in the area. And you mm -hmm. just submit your information. And um, I actually, it's so funny, I just got a casting to my phone, um, to my email that said, um, it always says like the project name, the rate, and like the location. And so it said like, um, American Grit Season 2, John Cena competition, cash prize. And so I had never, ever tried to get on a reality show in my entire life. I never watched reality TV before this. I'd never seen an episode of The Bachelor. But I was kind of just like, this looks fun, and clicked it just not assuming that I would hear anything, honestly, not worrying too much because acting has always been the goal. But I got an email back like the next day from someone, from a producer that was like, hi, Gigi, we reviewed your profile and your social media and you look like you'd be a fun candidate for our show. Can we schedule a phone call? And so I got on the phone call with one of the producers who said, have you seen our show before? And I said, no, because there had been one previous season. So they said, watch the show, call us back. I watched the show and it was way different than my season. It's legit big, strong competitors, people that are in the gym all the time, people that were in the Olympics. And so I called them back and I said, do you guys know what I look like? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Am I being catfished? Like, I don't think you guys realize yeah. my situation. I'm not an Olympian. And they said, no, no, no. We think you're perfect because actually what we want for this season is to have more quote unquote normal people and just test your perseverance. You have to quit to lose. Mm -hmm. And so they said, so I said, okay, I can get with that. So then they said, can we set up a Skype interview? Mm -hmm. We got on a Skype interview and they said they wanted to talk about how I may have lost my grit. And, um, and that's why the show is called American Grit. We are all there to get our grit back. 
And so I said, wow, this is perfect timing because I just got fired from my job. I've been living in my car. I dropped out of college. I got cheated on by my boyfriend and I moved into an ex-coworker's basement. I had no money, was paying off debt from traffic tickets and bought a chihuahua with the last of my rent money and then had to give the chihuahua away because I had to move into my friend's basement because I got evicted. Like, and they were like, oh, wow. So you, you need our show. And I said, I think I need your show. And they were like, we need you. I was like, I think you need me. <laughs> so they flew me out to LA, did an interview, talked about John Cena. And then before I knew it, I was on a flight to Atlanta, Georgia to film American Grit. Wow. Uh, That's and- how it happened. It was a happy accident. If I had not one mm-hmm. click of a button in my mm-hmm. email and I would have never, none of that would have ever happened. It's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, I actually, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you about is, uh, is that low point of living in your car. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, this is a real show, right? You know, real, real, real people, real stories, real answers. Uh, No, I'm all for it. So first and foremost, I would like to disclaimer, I, I do not necessarily pat myself on the back for the things that I had have been through. Yeah, I lived in a car, but I only lived in the car for about a week until um, a coworker of mine or ex-coworker had just been fired said, where are you staying? Okay, you're, you're moving in with me. Um, I could have asked for help. I had a hard time asking for help. I did a lot of it to myself. And you know what? I got, it was definitely difficult. I remember when I literally had nowhere to go and there were people I could call, but I didn't know how to ask for the help. So I just, it, I stuck with it. And it was definitely a really low point of my life. Knowing how to ask for help is really important. So I, I acted for a while. Like I know but I lived in my car, but you can't get help if you don't ask for it. And so I'm glad that I went through that because it taught me a lot. And now I'm one of the only people since winning this show that gets to move to California to pursue acting. I got to move to LA and I have money in my back pocket to be able to get a place to be able to pay for headshots. A lot of actors come to California with nothing and they live in their car for months. So part of me was like, I just am able to even more so appreciate. I was able to appreciate winning. I think that I went through everything that I went through because God or the universe said, you're going to be blessed, but you need to go through this first. Yeah. Um, everybody does. Everybody has uh, these challenges that we have to overcome in order to a figure out who we are, why we're yeah. here and what are we trying to do. So again, kudos to you for, uh, for going through it. It was not easy based on what I read. So good job. Well, you know what? I really turned my life around though because I it was like living in a car and fired from my job and it was just so much happening at once. Mm-hmm. And um, I had I had nothing and I was um, I finally you know begged my manager to let me come in for a little bit because I was like I have no money and I have some debt that I have to pay off and. I'm going through this and my boyfriend broke up with me and I was evicted. And so I started working again, like 40, she let me work like two more weeks, but like straight through, like it was ridiculous, like 60 hours or something. I dedicated all of that money to paying back traffic tickets because I was going to New York and going through easy passes, not knowing what I was doing. So I was getting traffic tickets, but they were going to my old address. So then I was getting like warrants and stuff and but I, I went through a lot and I learned how to manage money and I knew what it was to be at a low point of your life that you're living in a car. So then when I was blessed just a couple months later with the grand prize of $250,000, mm-hmm. I now I haven't blown it yet. Five, five years later and I'm still good. 
that's <laughs> that's really important because again, if you had done it uh, before you went through that low point, that money would have been gone already. Uh, oh, definitely, long gone. I'd have a bunch of cute purses and be living in a car again. <laughs> My goodness. Well, uh, again, so thank God everything turned out, uh, turned out well. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, in the show, you know, those people who've, uh, who've seen you there, saw you there as a brunette. And, um, you know, I know you as a blonde because all of my research was showing that until I got kind of to the show. So was there a reason why you changed color? Actually, I'm very excited to explain that. Okay. So, I love dark hair. I'm obsessed with dark hair. It actually used to be black. It had faded to brown when I did American Grit. Mm -hmm. And then after that show, not even really realizing what it was, like I fell in love with the experience, but I didn't realize what winning a reality show would do to me as an actor because now I'm branded Gigi Gustin, reality star, winner of American Grit season two. So I'm like, oh my gosh, but wait, I'm, I'm an actor. I've always been an actor. How do I break away from that? So part of that was changing my look and changing my identity. So that's why I dyed it this bleach blonde. A lot of people don't even recognize me. They recognize me by my voice before my appearance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and, and now they confuse you for Juliet Ho. So uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> why not? It, it all works, right? So you have the last name of Grants and you look like Juliet Ho. The, the, am I pronouncing her name? Uh, uh, it just um, sounds like every Julian time I... Huff. Huff, okay, Julianne Huff. That Huff. sounds a lot better, and uh, I'm sorry for the mispronunciations. It no, just, it's fine. It's, it sounded really weird, and I'm like, that's not her last name. I don't like how that sounds. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Julianne Huff, perfect. Julianne Huff. So, uh, and, and it helped, so um, again, when you were going in for an audition, did your reality um, uh, stardom come up, or they, you know, they treated you as an actress? It has come up. Okay. It's um, now that I've learned a thing or two, I, I used to have it on my acting resume because I was like, it's still network television. It's still John Cena and John Cena acts. That was a horrible idea because then in, um, in the room and when I was meeting with agencies, they all go, so what's American grit? They all want to know because they see that it was on Fox television yeah. and they see that I won. Um, but very quickly when I explained that it's a, non-scripted reality competition series and I don't have a lot of acting credits they're looking at the blonde hair they're listening to my little voice they're hearing me talk with this reality show they're seeing I have no acting credits so my credibility goes out the window but now that I've kind of erased it and then built my acting credits people very rarely bring it up but even if they do bring it up now I have actual, I've done, taken lots of classes with Brownlings and Margie Haber, and um, I've actually put out some really good work. I've put out like four features in the last couple of months. So I've kind of buried it, and now at least I have that to stand on and talk about along with American Grit. And I can talk about the show as a stepping stone to get the finances to move to California to be an actress as opposed to a reality star that wants to act now, which happens. Not me, though. I got it. And so, um, yeah, because again, there are lots of uh, reality stars, right? And, you know, the Kristen Cavalieri, right? Is that, is that the path or you're a different path? Um, right. And now on IMDb Bro or IMDb, it kind of, it shows up under your self credits and so does this, right? So that's going to be another IMDb credit as a self and it's all the way at the bottom. So I think most people don't even notice. So now, now it's good. Thank you for, for clearing that up. Um, of course. Thank you for asking. I actually love clearing it up for people. 
good, good. Um, because again, this is this is a part of the business that some may not be familiar with, such as a lot of the horror films, right? There is, you've been in horror films. I know that you're a uh, horror films fan, you know, scream, <laughs> scream fan. I know you're not at home, so you probably don't have your scream knife uh, with you unless unless you carry it with you everywhere. <laughs> that would be kind of creepy. I mean, I wish I could though for safety. Who's gonna get me with that? No one. I think no so. one. <laughs> um, and I'm not a horror, um, you know, fan. This has never been my genre, but I liked script. Uh, excuse me, I like script. I liked the uh, scream, and I remember watching it, so I like that franchise. And um, Club Dread, you know, is another kind of uh, one that is in the horror genre, but done by improv guys who were just right. doing it to have fun. So that's, these things I'm good with, but anything in which there is there is a feeling that I would get of real human suffering. I don't want to have anything to do with it because I can't handle it. Like my emotional system just says, nope, too much. I gotta go. I can understand that. That's actually how a lot of my family members are. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Gigi, we are tired of watching you die and things. So mm -hmm. give us something else. I actually got nominated for best death scene. Oh, I forget which film festival, but for my short film, The Springfield 3, I co-produced and um, co-starred in it. And um, yeah, but nomination for best death scene. It's really gnarly. My parents are like, no more. But that's awesome. Uh, when I had a death scene in, in one of my things, you know, my parents, I was really excited about it. And my parents were like, we don't want to see that. I'm like, listen, I, I, I would rather die on screen than for real. So yeah. this is kind of the playtime where you can just uh, pretend. But uh, having not been in a horror film, I think being in a horror film as an actor, I don't want to watch it as, as a consumer, but as an actor, I think that would be a lot of fun. So do you find that that experience is, is very enjoyable? Oh, you know, I love it so much, to be mm -hmm. honest. I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day. They're like, why horror? Because, you know, if you get into the B horror and you, you do too many movies, you get, you get pigeonholed there. Yeah. So a lot of people are telling me, you know, be careful, like you're better than B-horror. And I'm like, well, for me, it's not B-horror. I've done definitely films that I don't consider to be B-horror, but I've done, I've done both, but I'm always going to be in love with the horror genre, partially because the fan base is crazy in all the best ways. They're all so tight-knit. They go hard. And um, the horror community is very, very close. Everybody knows everybody. Um, every, the support system from each other is really great. But when it comes to actually acting, I just feel like it is the best possible release um, of everything that you've been holding on to that you need to let go. Actually, the more like messed up of a situation or the harder the situation is where I need to get emotional, at this point in my life, I've got a whole arsenal of what I like to call ammo. Um, ammo are the emotions that you put behind, behind a scene, behind the dialogue in a scene. And um, I've got so much ammo at this point that's like built up. When I choose to be scared, when I choose to feel threatened and let myself go to that place in order to give a good performance, mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm allowing myself to feel the emotions of something that I never healed from. And because I'm choosing to feel it on my time, as much as it's hard to revisit that, then I get to let it go. So honestly, for me as a person, it's almost like therapy, acting in general, but the more that I get to run and scream and be angry and uh, be terrified, the more that I get to choose to let those emotions go, the more I take out of my arsenal, mm -hmm. um, the more that I honestly feel like 
like myself after the fact. And you get to be somebody else when you're doing it. So it's almost like Gigi doesn't even have to actually face these problems head on and feel the emotions of something that I went through. It's like my character does. So it's like cheating it. It's like, I don't actually go through it, but I get to heal from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it certainly can be therapeutic, but then, you know, from a pure acting perspective, right? If you know that you're reaching into that ammo, it's something mm -hmm. that you already used before. So does it right. have, does it carry the same weight? Does it get you there emotionally? Because it's not only that you're using it for another project, but you have to do it take after take after take after take. So do you find that it has the same uh, tone to it or it uh, you kind of have to continuously uh, pump it up? Well, what I feel like is that when you have your ammo, so you have to mix your imagination, obviously with real emotions from real experiences. I feel like I have to um, pull from the experiences more so at the beginning but once I've really gotten into the scene and acted out certain things, okay. now my imagination is so strong. I don't even know that I'm pulling from there anymore. I'm just very present in the moment and in that scene. Thank you. You know what? You're, you're the only one that explained that then it actually makes sense. So I, I want to thank you for that. Really, this is not being facetious. I really appreciate it because uh, I remember doing dramatic scenes and I remember um you know being and using personal experiences you know i had to do a scene in which uh, the character's daughter is dying i have a daughter so i use that you know some takes i'm there real tears real you know uh real emotion other takes eh, not so much so right. but that what you just mentioned i think that's the bridge and that's the right way of looking at it use it to get yourself to the imagination and then let it take over I like yes. it a lot because that that is really helpful to me and I'm sure to other actors as well who love the craft and love, you know, kind of uh, digging in and figuring out how to do the stuff that we have to do take after take after take. You know, that's, um, it's safer to do it that way too, because at the beginning of my career, I thought I had to pull constantly and be super emotional yeah. constantly. And I would read sad stories and listen to sad music before I finally realized kind of, um, how to crack the code, which is not trying to get yourself overly upset by, because you're just going to become so drained. You can't force yourself to feel, um, to refeel emotions of trauma over and over for a couple hours. You have to eventually get that imaginary state. So you use your ammo, but then you let it go and then you're there. That's very cool. I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I thought it made sense because sometimes people are like, what? <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense to me. Because, uh, you know, my, my own kind of acting approach, I built it because of the way that, you know, because of the way I relate to energy. You mentioned the universe, you know, I kind of view it the same way. I relate to energy. I relate to the roles. One of the other reasons why I, I have not done any of these really dark uh, films that I've been offered is because mm -hmm. that's not an energy that I want to swim in. Because right. once I'm there, I don't know if I'll be able to take all of that off. Um, I guess. So yeah. it was more of creating my own shell. And then I call it the, you know, everybody who's watched me will know it. And I'll, I'll explain it to you very quickly and I'll put a link below if you want to learn. But the, the idea is it's all me, but it's an alternate reality version of me. So, you know, going back to Grant, it's Earth, you know, 27. Uh, it's Alan on Earth 27. So I find, uh, I call it the butterfly uh, effect of method of acting. So if I have to play a character that is, you know, very different from me, 
I go into my past, into that same route. I go into my past and I figure out, okay, at this point uh, in my past, this could have happened. And because of that, I would have gone here. And then that alternate version of me would have been on this branch. And as I go there, then all of the imagination takes place. So it's still me, it's still grounded, but then imagination builds out all of the experiences and emotions and everything that come with it. So that, you know, works really well for me, especially during auditions when I have to do in the same audition, three different characters who are completely different. So, okay, I go here, good and back, I go there, back, and kind of I manipulate that tree uh, of, of alternate experiences all rooted in me. So that's kind of my approach. But I really like what you said of use the personal experiences to get to imagination, which sounds like the same thing that I just did with mine, but it's, it's a different application of it. So right. really cool. I like it. Thank you. Um, and we talked, uh, we talked, we didn't talk, but you kind of, uh, you mentioned uh, typing. And when people are looking at you, they have uh, certain roles that they place you in. You know, for me, it's the doctor, lawyer, dad, you know, uh, or a psychopath. So <laughs> those are my things. I, I could never understand why, but I'm always the, not always, but I'm referenced like when people are looking at me, it's like, you know, nice guy, friendly neighbor, probably will kill you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that. I'm like, I don't know where it's coming from, but thanks. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's my type. Uh, you're a beautiful young woman. So I know that in your previous experiences, uh, in the previous experience, previous interviews, you've mentioned that you get a lot of the, you know, sex bomb, uh, kind of the uh, roles, uh, right. and that's why you appreciate horror because there's more meat and there's uh, things that you can do that don't just kind of place you into that, you know, little category of the, you know, cute girl in the office. But, right. um, there are some some people that I talk to from the actors, they're saying, you know, the type is the type because the, uh, the industry is going to see you in whatever way it sees you, but own that box and then expand from it. So right. you, where are you finding yourself within the type that the industry sees you in? You know what? I, I love that because I fought it for a while. It's like, mm-hmm. I am not you know, a dumb blonde, I'm not gonna, I can be Tomb Raider tomorrow. And like, no, Gigi, you can't. Um, so I finally actually started to embrace it. And now I like it. Honestly, there's something empowering about choosing to embrace like my, my sexuality and um, embrace my appearance and embrace the way that I'm perceived. Um, there's actually something kind of freeing and fun about it now. I, for a while I was super against it, but I think it's because I have been given the opportunity to, um, dig into my characters that are even the, the sex bombs. There's always a backstory. There's always a reason why the character that I'm playing leads with her body. There's, she's never just the hot girl. She leads with her body because of a cert, because of an experience that she's been through. It's also another way for me to use my own, my own ammo, even for these seemingly superficial roles. They're not superficial to me because I have done so much um, research and kind of homework about the character and created a world for her, even outside of the script. I created this, I create this world for them though, that gives me more grounded and meaningful performance because she is that way, not because it's just how she looks, 
-hmm. but because of life experiences and marrying the two believes that she's okay with being treated a certain type of way mm -hmm. um which is why i'm okay with playing characters that are women that are being objectified a lot of the time mm -hmm. um but i also believe that those characters are very important and essential in the grand scheme of telling an entire story it's never just about the hot girl it's always just a part of the story and this is a part that is real and it's just part of the bigger picture for the greater good and so those characters you need to have them and you can't skimp out on them so i'm never like that's too overly sexualized like i just embrace it because i think that we need that it's honest it's true, right? I mean, it's the tapestry of life where we see all things uh, in our existence. So why not have that represented on screen as well? But yeah. it's, it's about the power, right? You look at basic instinct and the way that she used her sexuality and she used the way that she looks in order to take the power away. So it was a really interesting kind of uh, dynamic of her choosing to use what she looks like and how she's perceived in order to get you know, what she needed from it. Um, so, and you can use that, you can use the looks for, as you mentioned, right? The character may be using the body because they haven't had the experiences and that's the way that they kind of go about it. So there is vulnerability in it. Uh, there right. is, they use it because that's their power. So there's, there's a whole scope of emotions and backgrounds that you can utilize in a prototypical kind of, uh, you know, typecast role. Exactly. And since I started doing that and realizing just because I'm written as a superficial character doesn't mean I actually have to play that way. Once I realized that and started capitalizing on that, people started noticing the sincerity in performances where you are just the hot girl. People can still see that there's something else there. And that actually has brought me to having the opportunity to audition for other roles. People are able to see me more dramatic roles because of that. And so that's partially why I do good in horror because I'm able to get there quickly. I'm one of those actors that can cry on cue. And actually blonde girls get killed the most in horror films. <laughs> there's, there's job security right there. Very interesting. Um, yeah, and again, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was a scream queen. So uh, that, that certainly didn't uh, hurt her from, uh, from going into mainstream uh, films. So. Oh, cause she's, she's so great. She is just the absolute scream queen of them all. I aspire to be like Jamie Lee Curtis cause she is still one of the best scream queens. How many years later since the first Halloween? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's again, uh, there are so many different paths within our industry. Um, some can lead you astray, but many of them, if the talent is there, which, you know, from seeing your, uh, from reels, I think it is. So that will allow you to kind of uh, continue on with it. Um, last kind of thing about typecasting, because again, I, I want the show to be about reality of you know, what things are like at different levels uh, in the, in the uh, acting journey. So because of how you look and the types of roles that uh, the industry is putting you at, have you ever been in situations where you felt uncomfortable or that were inappropriate? You know what, um, to be honest, for the most part, mm -hmm. I have been made to feel very comfortable um, on set for the people that I work with. There have been a very small handful of times that I think some people do almost get confused, not even just within the industry, but even just audience members where they see you play a certain type of character and they think that that's how you really are. 
And so, you know, Ashton Kutcher used to say, yeah, I play a, well, what's the role he plays on that 70s show? Kelso? He used to say, um, I know that I play stupid, but I'm not stupid. So just because I play these characters that are overly sexualized and okay with being objectified and using their body to get what they want, that doesn't mean that that's really have how I am. And there, they ha there have been small amounts of times where I think there are like actors that I've worked with that kind of start to think that I'm like the characters that I play mm -hmm. and will sometimes say certain things and I almost have to check them, but that's the farthest it's gone. Okay, the, thank God for that. And again, you're, you're young, so hopefully, you know, now that you're in the industry, the industry has been getting better from what I understand. Again, yeah. I, I've never had these experiences. I'm a white guy, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I hear positive things. So hopefully you never had to experience that for yourself. No, the, um, people are learning to speak up, which is great. It's really important. I think a lot of women and uh, not just women, but a lot of people have been silenced for lots of reasons, fear of losing a job. Mm -hmm. um, where there has been times where I've been flirt with and been made to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I feel like if I tell them to buzz off entirely, it could affect work. So there is a happy medium. But for me personally, I just make sure that my set etiquette, especially when I am playing a super um, objectified character, I try to make sure that my set etiquette is even more professional just to make people realize, the ones that do need, need a reminder, that there is a line. There's Gigi and there's the character. They look the same, but they're not the same. <laughs> good. No, that's good for you for doing it. And again, I, I'm, I'm sure this is important for the young actresses who are watching this to hear because they'll encounter these situations. So they can use Definitely. your experiences uh, to help themselves. Good. Um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of other things I want to talk to you about, which is improv, one of my favorite things. Uh, <laughs> you did ground links. I am in Chicago, so I did Second City. Um, and I found improv to be one of the most important tools that I've ever gotten to use uh, outside of acting and within the acting community. I, I love improv. I can't have enough of it. I am very upset that, you know, uh, Middleditch and Schwartz, um, they, they can't continue their, you know, long-form improv series because of uh, COVID, so I can't wait for them to, uh, to continue it again. Like, these are the yeah. things that I want to watch. So what, why did you start improv? That's my first question. Oh, I love improv. So the reason why I love it now is much different um than it was before i did groundlings before i loved it because i just happened to be good at it and i happened to book um it was an accident like whenever i would have improv auditions with like you're in a car listening to music mm -hmm. i've just never been the one to just bop my head and listen to the music i'm always rapping on the phone or putting on lipstick while i'm singing and i didn't realize that that was strong improv until i, I kept booking improv commercials though and um I finally was just told by somebody, you know, you should go to Groundlings because you're already pretty strong in improv naturally, which some of it has to do with personality and being quick on your feet. But they said also it teaches, it teaches you a lot um, mm -hmm. how to be more committed in your scenes. You should go for it, but you can only try out the Groundlings like a total of three times. So they're like, okay, well, wait until you're more ready. But I, I decided I wanted to audition right away. So mm -hmm. I did and I got in right away. And um, I very quickly learned that for me, improv even teaches you how to be a better person, partially because you have to listen and respond. You do not get to have conversations where you get to try and think of the next thing you're going to say, like in arguments with your partner sometimes. It's 
you're not hearing what they're saying because you're waiting to say your next thing. But with improv, you're forced to listen and respond. Otherwise, your scene will not get anywhere. And that has taught me how to be committed to characters, um, committed to myself, and a better listener and a better person in general. So that's why I love it. It's true. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm a writer, so I noticed that when I started improv, it was all about writing. Okay, you're saying that, I'm pre-planning, I'm going to guide you here, and that's where the joke is. I had to get that out of my mind because it's, that's not what improv is. That's not how it works. So it was really helpful um, to do improv to just get present and get grounded and just become available and be there and then see what happens. And it also becomes a lot more fun because you get a chance to say whatever the first thing that comes to mind, you say it. And then the first, you often say it before you realize what it is that you're saying, which makes it even more fun. Yeah, the magic always happens too in improv because it's, it's the things that aren't planned that are the best, yeah. you know? And sometimes I would have a good scene and then I would put pressure on myself like, oh, I need to be able to do that again. And I would bluff the second I tried to overthink it, but it can just go to such amazing places. If you just can be present, take care of your scene partner and let it go. And I'm totally in love with it. And I was always really good at all of the, all of the improv games. Do you play like zip, zap, zop? And of course. Yeah. All that. Oh, it's so good. I always win. You always win? That's cool. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I'll put myself in that category. I'm pretty good. But uh, again, I kind of started doing improv because I saw Whose Line and uh, it blew my mind. Yeah. I said, I want to do that. And I'm in Chicago. Why am I not doing that? And that right? was my impetus for going to Second City. Love it. So yeah. good. Um, off of uh, improv, uh, do you still do modeling? Because I see, again, on social media as I'm doing my research, I saw a lot of pics that I thought were model related. So do you still do modeling? Um, so I used to do a lot more. I do still model, but now it's more of a hobby. Sometimes okay. I do print where I, where I make some money from it. But for the most part, I, I, I tap out doing a photo shoot after like an hour, unless it's something really cool and creative. Okay. I cannot lay on a rock in a bikini again. Like I'm just, I'm just kind of over it. So unless someone's down to do like a really cool concept, I'll do it for fun, but I really rarely model professionally anymore. I will sometimes do photo shoots that I'll book myself just to use the photos to submit to magazines to be able to then get a feature where I can do a Q&A and talk about my acting. <laughs> okay, that's, listen, it's improv right there. There we go, see? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so where's, again, you, you had a nice little nest egg uh, from the show. Mm -hmm. um, that you still have not uh, blown through, which I'm really impressed by, uh, especially living in LA, which is uh, not a not not a cheap place to live at all. Um, nope. So, is that kind of uh, do you do any outside jobs? Because uh, again, doing indies, indies pay very low. So, right. what do you do from the financial perspective? How do you support yourself? Is it still from the nest egg, or you know, other things come in play? Well, you know, for a while I worked at, um, I worked in retail and I worked often and I told myself, so when I got that money, I paid my taxes on it, which was a lot. I, um, 
uh, bought a nice place or not bought, I rented it. And then I, I had nothing when I moved to California, nothing. Cause I was still couch surfing even after the, sh during the show airing, mm -hmm. um, had nowhere to live. So I had to buy a couch, I had to buy everything, use money to get set up, paid my taxes. And then I put the rest of it into a savings account and I started working right away. However, since COVID, the business um, has shut down and not that I want to give anyone too much information about my financials, but as every, a lot of other people, my savings took a hit from COVID. So um, I'm riding out unemployment at the moment. <laughs> and and that's, that's normal. A lot of actors do that. There's no shame in that whatsoever. I mean, that just- It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. You know, and some people are like, oh, you, have a, you still have a pocket. And I'm like, yes, but I also have no college education. And um, have, will not be, have a couple of movies coming up, but will not be able to shoot any of them for a long time. That being said, I can't just eat away at what's left of my savings. So riding out unemployment right now, just waiting for the world to get back to normal and hopefully adding to my little pocket. But we'll see. It's not looking too good at the moment, but I'm hoping we open up soon. Yeah, listen, it, it'll happen. But again, you can do commercial, you can do, uh, you can do print uh, if you wanted to. There are other things that can be done to kind of augment things. You can do voiceover, you have a really playful voice, and I'm sure that you can do a lot of, uh, you know, variations. So voiceover is another thing that can be done, especially right now. It's, I have done it. some. Okay. Actually, my, uh, my voiceover coach play is Debbie Derriberry. She, she plays the, uh, the voice of Jimmy Neutron. Cool. She's really great. I really kill her real. But it's, it's hard to break into the voiceover um, industry. Yeah. I have done a couple gigs. They're great, though, because you can do them at home and make mm -hmm. money that way. Yeah. So I've been working that angle the best way I could. <laughs> Good. No, I, you're, you're doing great. You're, you seem to have kind of all your ducks in a row. Uh, I'm really happy. Like, talking to you, uh, hearing you on the interviews, um, you know, I started to get a sense. But now talking to you, you know, knock on wood, I feel good about uh, your future. You. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, I know that you're at your friend's house, so let's let's bring her out. Let's meet. Uh, let's meet Megan. Galleon. Do you want to come join my interview? We talk to each other in British accents sometimes. No, no trouble at all. We can continue. This is Gal. Hello, Gal. Hello. Well, actually, her name is Megan. She goes by Megan Leah. Hi. Hello. 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 <laughs> we do this sometimes. Please excuse our weirdness. Listen, we, we can continue doing the entire show like this if you like. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I do this all the time with my family. My wife is not a fan. Uh, I, I usually switch into my uh, into my uh, Scottish accent, and she hates that one. So uh, it's 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 all sorts of play with my kids at home. So, you know, this, this opportunity, I would love to continue, of course. Um, excellent. So I understand you're a singer. I am. Yeah, what kind of, uh, what's your style of music? Um, so my style of music, I sing pop music. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I just sing pop music. Do you write your own or do you record uh, for others? <laughs> I do. So um, I write a lot of my own music. I do some collaborates with my producers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the most part, I've been writing a lot of my own music um, as of like this past year. Yeah. Lovely. So both the lyrics and uh, music? Yeah. Excellent. I'm a lyricist yeah. as well. So, uh, Are you? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to get into writing for other people. 
I write a lot of music, but not all of it do I want for myself. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, what, is, uh, what has been uh, going on in your career, especially right now with COVID? So um, nothing too crazy. Obviously, live shows really aren't a thing. I did one live show out here in Phoenix. It was my first solo concert since leaving my band. And um, it, was, it was interesting. Everybody had to buy tables and, you know, sit. Nobody could dance. But it was still a great time. So I got to perform live for the first time in a year, a couple months back. But um, aside from that, I've just been releasing new music. I released a music video over the summer. I just did another music video about two weeks ago. Um, so I've just been working on getting uh, songs and videos, visuals out. So nice. Yeah. Again, this time it's it's a downtime, but it gives you a chance to write and to record, and you can. I think it's been awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think 2020 has been a great year for a lot of creatives who really needed to work on their craft. So yeah, listen, you know, yeah. this show May 20th is when it started. If it wasn't for COVID, the show would not be around. I'm hey, that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know. I that. love that. Yeah. Yeah, again, you know, when people look and see that I've done 120, your episode 123. So when people see that, yeah, um, it's, you know, it, it seems like I've been doing this for years and, and I've had some, uh, some people on who everybody knows, but no, it's this, we just passed our six months uh, anniversary. So this is all. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, we're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah, to likewise, me, me too. Um, uh, so, a question for you, and not to not, not to kind of put you on a spot, Megan, but uh, do you want to sing us anything of your own? Sure. Um, Beautiful. Uh, don't ask me to accompany because I don't have uh, anything that I can play uh, next uh, to me. Not that I could play it if it was next to me anyway. But <laughs> um, no, we have a piano right here. Hey. Oh, it's exposed. Now everyone knows that I did this interview in sweatpants. <laughs> See, before you told everybody that it was sweatpants, people just thought that it was gray pants. They didn't know that it was sweat. I mean, gray jeans. They saw my gray jeans. That's Whoops. right. Yes. Are you all plugged in, Gabby? I think so. It's, it's jeggings. That's what they are, right? Exactly. You all hear that? Jeggings. It's okay, jeggings. Cool. I'll sit here and do the thing. All Thanks. right. Thanks. I like this framing. I do. Is this... Yeah, is that okay? <laughs> Please excuse us. Technical difficulties again. Yeah, this song um, is actually called Dating in 2020. Interesting. It's so fun. I'll give you a, a little snippet of it. Thank you. Uh, okay. Is that volume okay for you? Yeah, it's good. I don't want to blast you guys. Okay. Started with follow, then like sliding to my DMs late at night to tell me that I'm beautiful. I'm sure you use those lines on every girl. You make her feel special, like she's your world. But I know all the games you play. Song 
little funny, but everyone knows how I feel in 2020. Yeah, that's a little, oh, nice. a little thank you. Very lovely. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Those Funny begging story. are exposed once more. Uh, I've got a good a good story for you about our friendship and everyone yeah. listening. Go. Cool. Cool. Uh, so Gal and I <laughs> have been friends since we were like seven years old. We actually are both from New Jersey. I live in LA. She lives here now. Our flight works out. Um, but actually, I started out like, I've always been acting, but when my, my parents actually got divorced, and so my mom had to work full time and wasn't able to drive me up to New York to do commercials and all that anymore. So part of my creative outlet became singing lessons. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a little bit. And actually, then we joined my church's like youth group and youth band together. And um, we found out that she can sing really good. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you should um, join our youth group talent show. And then we both sang. I got second place. She beat me. She got first place. And so we go, now I'm the actor. And now she's the singer. <laughs> That's why it's going to stay. <laughs> That's very cool. And I'm glad that uh, you continue to be friends, even though now you're in a different, uh, different coast altogether. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. We love it. We're just glad that um, we both pursued our careers. Yeah, that yeah. we both ended up here we're both on the west coast our flight i'm trying to drag her to la with me um but close enough to where we can close enough though she'll drive up and um she works with um his name is bobby he's a really um really good music producer so she'll drive up and we'll all you know do music together and pump out a single for her and she's a couple coming out is there anything yeah. to talk about your music video coming out yeah please yeah i have a music video um coming out it's for a song i wrote called toxic love and um yeah it's just gonna it's gonna touch on a lot of i think sensitive subjects that people deal with in, when going through a toxic relationship and the video um is really going to be sick so i'm really excited for it to come out it'll come out in december we're not sure on the exact date there's just some things that need to be finished with the editing but yeah, releasing the song December and the music video will come out and it'll be my second one I'm releasing, but I'm hoping that a lot of people can heal from the song and just watching the video and know that it's okay to get out of their toxic situation. So yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, please let us know. We'll uh, we'll you know put it on our social media so uh, so people can Yay! Awesome, yeah. that would be great. As as Gigi Yeah, yeah. As Sorry. Gigi, no, no. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, when when Gigi's gonna be in one of your music videos. I was almost in this last one. So she was actually supposed to play the, um, infidelity. The infidelity woman. <laughs> Nothing out of the normal for me. I don't even get the girl next door. I'm the girl that the guy cheats on the girl next door with. So, so I was like, she was supposed to be the girl. Yeah, she was supposed to be the girl that my boyfriend quote unquote cheated on me with, and um, we ended up cutting that scene out. But she was supposed to be in my last music video too. But also has happened to me a bunch of times. Her scene gets cut again. <laughs> but yeah. So one of these days. Yeah, hopefully. Listen, Listen when, when your best friend, you know, puts you on a cutting room floor, I think that hurts a little bit more. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow, Megan. No, I'm just kidding. What do I yeah. have to do, right? You know? I guess. It was, um, it's all for the sake of the story. We had a strong story to go with the song. It was stronger without my scene. So I was like, eh, I'll PA for the day. Yeah. <laughs> So she got to help, which was awesome. She really helped me because um, there was a lot of emotion in the song and she really helped me tap in, which is why I wanted her out here. 
she helped me really tap into my acting skills yeah. a little bit. I felt like a little director. She taught me how to fake fight. <laughs> how to throw myself. So now I learned a skill that I'll probably never use again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hopefully, let's, hopefully let's not. Hope so. Let's hope so. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it's cool that she gets to um help me with all my creative stuff and mm -hmm. I've actually got to read for her for some of her self tapes which is cool so we've we've been able to help each other in, in our own creative world so it's been cool to get to experience that together you yeah. know over all these years yeah especially in you know in our creative uh, industry having friends who understand what you're going through and are there to support you and uh, root you along the way is in imperative yeah it no, totally is it's my yeah. gal. It's my gal. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, listen, both of you are, are a joy to talk to. Best of luck to everybody. Really, really appreciate uh, having the conversation. Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for getting um, really raw with me. I, I appreciate getting to talk about not just acting, but what goes on behind the scenes when it's actually like on set and when it's actually like beforehand trying to get there. Everyone, everyone wants to do an interview once you've started to do a couple things. Yeah. And it's really important to me for people like you that go, let's talk about what, what got you there. And so I appreciate you. And I'm glad that I got to come on the show yeah. and, um, and bring my best friend. Yes, thanks for having me on. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's welcome. Uh, and uh, Gigi, I, I agree with you. That's kind of, that's why the show is here. You know, I, I, that's why these are longer sit down conversations instead of the, you know, five minutes of how did you enjoy working with so-and-so? It's, I, I want to really understand because I'm an actor. Other people watching this are actors or they're trying to figure out how to get into the industry or how to stay motivated and continue being in an industry, how to be successful. All these things, all these conversations foster that. And that's why I'm doing it. Aww. I love that. Yeah, we love it. Well, we support it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, please, please do. And thanks to everybody for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. Now we got uh, we got to hear somebody sing in addition to it. So that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah the love of acting and all things artsy. Let's go. Let's <laughs> change the name. <laughs> Why not? Listen, yeah, you know, I we we've I've considered changing it, but uh, you know, for now we're sticking with the love of acting. Love it. No, I actually love that though. Actually, this is one of my most, I was really excited about this interview specifically because it's called The Love of Acting. I'm like, I love acting. <laughs> this is perfect. I, I had people tell me that, yeah, you need to make it shorter. It needs to be more catchy. I'm like, no, it describes what I'm doing and why I'm doing it because I love acting. I want to talk to others who do the same. So, who love yeah. acting too, of course. Absolutely. Your fellow creatives. It. Perfect. Well, thank you both. And thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time on The Love of Acting, see you soon. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.